0: have a seat. There's a line in there that that every time we sing it, it just like, uh, it just hits me so hard. Um, And it comes from Psalm 23. Your goodness is running after me. Psalm 23 where it says, surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life. That that even though we run from God sometimes, even though I see in my own life time and time again where I have run from God, God chases me down. His goodness and his love and his, his mercy pursues us over and over and over again. And that's that's what brings us together today. That's what always brings us together when we worship together. It's not that we're good people or moral people or religious people who have all of our stuff together. It's that God has come after us. And is coming after us today. His goodness is running after us and pursuing us. And so, so grateful that you guys are here, <laughs> wherever you've been this week, whatever is going on in your life. So grateful that you guys are here to worship with us today. Uh, welcome to Christ Community Church. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, if you're new here, uh, I'd love to meet you. Um, if you're worshiping online with us, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, it's, a, it's a joy to be able to join together in worship. It's a privilege to worship the living God together um, and and specifically to worship without fear or threat of persecution, um, which is one of those things that our brothers and sisters around the world, many of them do not experience. And so over this long weekend, this weekend reminds us that that freedom doesn't come without a cost. And so we just want to say to many of you who have served um, to protect that freedom to worship together, many of you have lost friends Uh, fellow soldiers family members who have died for that freedom and so we want you to just know today we're grateful for you we're grateful for your service we're grateful for their service specifically we don't take it for granted Um, so even as we continue this time of worship today we remember men and women who have sacrificed in order to ensure that we have that freedom to worship openly today Uh, Today, we also have the privilege, and I'm really excited about this, we have the privilege of having Eric and Laura Anderson here with us today. Uh, They are no strangers to Christ Community Church. Many of you guys know them much better than I do. Actually, Eric and I have only talked over Zoom, and so we had to look at each other today behind the masks and see, okay, is that the person that I was talking to on Zoom? Uh, It is, in fact, and so we're super excited that they're here. They're missionaries uh, with Urban Impact in Pittsburgh, and so I wanted them to to just come and to share a little bit. About what the Lord is doing through Urban Impact. Um, obviously, this has been a little bit of a crazy year for them as well as for us, and so we're super excited um, for them to share with us. So I'm going to grab the mic here uh, and turn it on, and then we'd love for you guys to share. Let me make sure this is not on. All right, there you go. You got your hands full, man. <laughs> Move that stuff out of your way. All right. I'll
1: take this down. I just want to first go ahead uh, and introduce, uh, it's been a while since uh, we've been back, and there's lots of stuff we can say, but um, there is, we've been adding to our ministry team. This is uh, JL uh, Dorothy Anderson, and so I just want to, some of you guys have got, not gotten a chance to to meet all of us yet. So this is um, also, uh, there's Laura, and then Brooke, Alec, who, this is the back of Alec, and then, and then Garden as well. So this is a little bit of our, our ministry team or side and I'll give you a quick update as well. So I'm going to actually hand this off to grandpa over here. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Pastor Josh, so much for uh, allowing us, uh, me to have just a little bit of time just to kind of give you guys a quick update of you guys I've gotten a chance to know over the past 12 years and thank you so much Christ Community Church for your faithful just continued prayers and uh, financial support for Laura and I and our ministry on the north side of Pittsburgh at, at Urban Impact. It is wonderful. Some of you guys are brand new and so I uh, maybe you guys have come in just from seeing online or, or just coming in uh, just uh, this past year and a half since COVID since I've been able to get back here and so I'm really excited just to get Spend a little bit of time explaining a little bit about what we do and some of the awesome things that God is doing through this ministry. So first off, um, I want to just say Urban Impact is a nonprofit community development program, uh, faith-based on the north side of Pittsburgh. That's kind of like the one-liner, but what does that really mean? So essentially, at Urban Impact, we have arts, athletics. Education and options mentoring, which helps our uh, juniors and seniors graduate from make sure they're graduating from high school and then get on to a career, college, ministry, military uh, path, wherever God is, is, is sending them. So we get a chance to work with those at-risk youth. We work on most years, about 2,400 students and then their families as well. The nor- I, I've said the north side of Pittsburgh a few times. It's uh, That might just seem like it's not just a small little place. It's about the size of each. So it's really almost a city inside of itself, just right um, in the inner city of of Pittsburgh. And so uh, we've been doing a lot of, of work down there, but as you guys all know, this last year and a half has taken everybody through the ringer and has certainly made us uh, have to change a little bit of what we were able to do and i am so thankful just to be a part of the urban impact team it has been amazing uh pastor ed glover who started urban impact about uh in 1995 so about 25 years ago uh the tuesday after everything shut down the directors uh at urban impact and the different departments got got all together of you know arts athletics education what i just said and pastor ed got us all in the same room and he said I don't care what what you're doing whether it is arts or education or things like that in this time we're going to change we're going to adapt and we're going to be flexible and so what we're doing is all the programs that you're doing if you, if you're able to you can still try to do them but we're going to make sure that we're going to focus on our families and making sure that we're providing for them so we're going to be able to focus on we're going to be able to focus on bible studies getting food and supplies to to the people that need it and then to make sure that we're letting everybody know uh, through online or for whatever means necessary what we're doing, so our families and then families beyond our families as as well. And so over the next few months, we started changing that, and we didn't know necessarily how we were doing it. But Pastor Ed had this vision that he had kind of always stuck with him when when the uh, hurricanes were hitting uh, hit Haiti a few years ago. And he said, I just remember seeing all the pictures of and sending supplies down there. He had a couple of students that he had worked with that uh, were missionaries in Haiti at that time. And he said, I remember seeing all these pictures of all these supplies that were just of this food that was sitting on the docks at Haiti, and it was just rotting because this food was there, but it wasn't getting out to the people. And so we teamed up with uh, local churches, local ministries that were sending in supplies, and because of that, over the course of last uh, summer and through, uh, through September, we gave out over 80,000 meals during that time, which is no small task, which is amazing, which is completely a God thing. So that is an amazing thing, and so we were able to do that, and then once that kind of subsided, we were able to then try to figure out how how then are we able to continue to reach our students in a COVID-friendly way. And so uh, starting uh, last fall, we started our COVID safe programs and being able to meet with students in person, uh, as well as continuing to do online things, just how Pastor Josh and I met uh, through through Zoom. Uh, But we were to continue to do that and then we were able to figure out okay so in the performing arts how do we do this so we we continue to have our dance programs our our acting programs theater programs but normally we have our big light the night special which is during uh, our christmas time our annual place where we have our big outreach to our community and so we said oh how can we do that so we we figured out um with with our wonderful team at urban impact we started uh, being able to uh, create digital content. And then for our, we had our digital Light the Night special, which I don't know, how many guys in here got a chance to watch that? Man, it was awesome to see what those kids could do. It was amazing to see our students were dancing for Jesus. Our students were telling the Christmas story in such a creative, amazing way. And then Pastor Ed was able to get up and give the gospel. And normally when he does, uh, presents the gospel and is able to do this, We have about 2,500 people sitting in front of us, which is a great size audience. It's just wonderful, and people respond to the gospel. But because we were able to do that, we had over 50,000 people watch Light the Night, which is amazing. And people responded to the gospel, which is fantastic. So it's really exciting to see how God is able to take these things that were meant for evil and turn them to good, because we serve a big and mighty, mighty God. So it's, uh, and I could tell you so many stories. I had to write things down because I was telling um, Don and QB le- last night as I was, I was asking them about what, what they thought I should share and things like that. It's been a while since I've been able to be here, and God has done so much. Uh, and so I, I could, I could, if you want to meet me in the parking lot, uh, it sounds like I'm, we're going to fight or something. We're not going to fight. Um, LAUGHTER I'd love to tell you uh, all about all the things that God is doing uh, and that. But I will say, as we move forward, though, I would love for you guys, uh, there's a great opportunity for you guys to continue to get involved um, and and see what Urban Impact is doing. There is our annual Man Up conference. It is going to be live and in person on June 12th. But then on June 19th, uh, we are taking that. And um, long story short, I got put into the supervising of the digital virtual conference of it. Um, But... On, on June 19th, you guys can join. It's a free conference. I encourage all the men in here and also young men in here, teens and older. It's a really great conference. Uh, the Man Up Conference is uh, focused on combating fatherlessness in our city and in our communities, not just uh, the north side of Pittsburgh, but it's an epidemic across the United States. And so we're calling out men to be good fathers in their own home to and young men to be able to learn how to be good, uh, to Go ahead and have a goal set to be what it is to be a godly father and a godly husband, uh, as well as being able to figure out how you can then, in turn, be a, a godly father for maybe those who do not have a father in your community. So that is going to be on June 19th. I'll make sure and send that out to you guys uh, digitally as well, and you guys can check out, hopefully we can put it up on, on your guys' uh, links to that on your guys's Facebook page, because it's a free conference. It's really wonderful. The Pittsburgh Steelers, if you like football, and if you like the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they they're involved coach Mike Tomlin speaks every uh, year, uh, Cam Hayward, uh, who has done a lot in the community and uh, has created the, uh, the Hayward House. He is going to be uh, there speaking as well, uh, giving his testimony. It's going to be a really wonderful event. So you guys can be able to check that out. And then lastly, I just ask for you guys, um, one, can thank you for your continued support, but also just asking for your continued prayer. So there are a few things that you can just be praying for. One, you can be praying for that Man Up conference that's coming up. It's an exciting, exciting event. And it really does impact the fatherlessness, uh, the fatherless in the city. And that is uh, certainly something that uh, we need uh, need your prayer for. As well as if you can be praying for... Um, if you've been around Christ Community Church for a while, you, you know what Shakes is. It's our Shakes. Uh, you guys have been uh, great supporters of that. We brought up some of our students over the past few years to be able to uh, uh, see your church, to be able to see cows uh, <laughs> and other things as well, to be able to get outside of the city. Um, but uh, you guys can be praying for that. That's, uh, we have our largest group that we've had in a very long time of students. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, it feels like we're coming out of a long winter and now we're really kind of waking up and it's really exciting. So we have a a great group of students that we're gonna be meeting with over the summer. So please be praying for Shakes students. That's our acting troupe that Laura and I work with. And then uh, finally, you can just be praying for, well actually two things, the performing arts uh, team. Uh, I've recently become the director of the performing arts, uh, which is really exciting but also just there's a lot of transition within our, the, the, the urban missionaries that work there as well. So I appreciate your prayers on that. And then, uh, as you saw, I have a great team of my own that was here over there. Um, and I really appreciate your just prayers for them, pray- prayers for Laura, as, as we kind of uh, hit the ground uh, really running full speed, especially over the course of this summer. She has her hands quite full. So just uh, uh, pre- please pray for Laura and the family as well. So thank you guys very, very much. I'm so excited to be able to be back.
0: So if they, Eric, if they want to connect with you guys, um, obviously they're, they're part of our budget, uh, our missions budget, but if they wanted to give more, you know, above and beyond that, they could connect with you guys through this link here or just connect with you in person? Uh,
1: yes, this, the link here is, is wonderful. You can go on, there's the donate page on, on that, and you can be able to uh, connect with us and be able to just click donate, and you'll see a list of names of urban missionaries. I would appreciate it if you selected my name, but, <laughs> but they're all wonderful people. But, uh, but yeah, I would love to, again, talk with you um, uh, more, if you would like, uh, uh, outside afterwards. I, I appreciate that. But yeah, it, is, it has been a phenomenal uh, journey over the past uh, 12 years, and really over the past uh, 18 months, it has been awesome to see what God is doing. So mm-hmm. thank you. That's awesome.
0: And he, even Bills fans are allowed to watch the Man Up Conference. Even though it's <laughs> the Steelers, if you're a Bills yes. fan, we can, we can do that, too. So uh, you mind if we pray for you? All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Eric and Laura and their family. Father, thank you for just about 12 years of consistent service, um, loving at-risk youth on the north side of Pittsburgh, and thank you for all the lives that, that have been changed through that. Thank you for people who have come to Christ, who are now um, flourishing in the vocations that, that you've called them into. Um, Father, thank you for the way that you have directed them over this past year, the way that uh, even though they've had to call some audibles, that your, that your spirit has been moving in and through them. Um, thank you for the for the wonderful impact that they are having there on the north side of Pittsburgh uh, and Lord, we pray for more of that. We pray that you would continue to pour out your spirit and to advance your gospel and advance your kingdom through them. We pray that more students and, and more at risk youth would come to know you would be discipled into flourishing lives um, one of of knowing you through the gospel but also of of being being equipped to go into the world and equipped in the vocations. Uh, into which you're calling them, and so Lord, we pray that you would continue that. Pray especially for the Man Up Conference coming up. We pray that it would be um, that it would be fruitful in the lives of of kids and of fathers. Um, I pray specifically for Eric as he's overseeing the digital content for that. I pray that you would give him wisdom and effectiveness, and we pray that your word would go forth. We pray for their family uh, that you would continue to uphold them. We pray for both he and Laura and and their four kids. Um, Lord, we pray that their family would thrive. We pray um, that, that, they would, that they would experience your in the midst of ministry, which can so often be exhausting. Um, Lord, we pray that you would pour out your grace on them. We pray that you would sustain them. Um, we thank you for what you're doing through them. We pray that you would continue uh, to bless them. Father, as, as, as we prepare to come to your word now, we thank you that you are with us in all things. Um, Lord, Lord, we want to take just a moment to pray specifically um, for our sister Lorraine Wilson right now. Um, Lord, as she is uh, in the hospital and recovering from um, a heart attack, and all the things that are going on with her, um, Lord, we pray your healing on her. We pray that uh, you would show yourself to be the great physician by by healing her body, but also by drawing her close to yourself. I thank you for her and Ray. I thank you for the way that they are um, holding fast to Christ, and I pray that they would know that you are near them, that you are with them, that you are for them in this time, and we. Pray pray, Lord, that thanking you, you know every cell of her body, and so we pray um, that you would sovereignly heal and draw her to yourself. Um, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to look into your word now. We pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to respond to your word now. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Eric. All right. We are, uh, we are in the midst of a series, as you guys know if you guys have been around, we're in the midst of a series called Come Holy Spirit. And what we're doing is, is we're looking through the first kind of four chapters of the book of Acts, we're looking at what happened when the Spirit of Jesus descended on the first followers of Jesus and began to turn the world upside down through them. And we're beginning to ask the question, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for us today as followers of Jesus who have the spirit of the living God living inside of us? What does it mean for us to live lives controlled by the spirit? And maybe the first question we need to ask is what do we mean by this phrase, the Holy Spirit? Like I want to recognize that might sound weird to you. If you're not a Christian, this idea of God's spirit inhabiting your body might sound weird. Even if you are a Christian, it might sound weird to think about it like that. So, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about the power and the presence of God living inside of us. We know we were created for that. We, we know that we are not just merely a random collocation of atoms. Deep down, we know that there is some spiritual element to the world, that there is something deeper than just the physical. We know that our spouse, or our loved ones are more than just a random grouping of atoms. We know that the intense love that we feel for them is more than just a mindless, soulless chemical reaction. We know things like justice and human rights and the rational processes in our brains are more than just an accident of biology. We know there is something more, and we know that we were made for it. That's what Christianity claims. The claim of Christianity is that God has made us for himself, and God has made himself known. He has come near to us in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And for those who trust in him, he is not just a remote idea or even a historical figure, he is someone we know personally. Because he has sent his spirit to live inside of us. That's what the church believes. That's what the church has proclaimed from the beginning. That God isn't just some remote, unknowable deity up there in the heavens. But God has come down to us. Heaven has come down to earth. And we know God through Jesus of Nazareth. And even though Jesus isn't physically here in this moment, he has sent his spirit to live inside of his followers. So now God is closer to you than the person sitting next to you. He lives inside of you. That's what Jesus promises. That's what the church has proclaimed from from the beginning. That's what we're going to see today in Acts chapter 2. So in Acts chapter 2, here's what's happening. Jesus has died. He's risen from the dead. He's ascended to the heaven. He's just poured out his spirit on his followers. In the passage we saw last week at the beginning of Acts 2, they rushed into the street. They began preaching the good news of Jesus. And they were so full of fearless joy that people thought that they were drunk. That's where we pick up today. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. But Peter standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all you who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. Let me just say, that's a fantastic way to start a sermon. Point Like point one, I'm not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. And he goes from there. Verse 16. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In a nutshell, what he is saying is he's saying the prophet said that this would happen. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your holy ones see corruption. You made known to me the path of life. You will make me full of gladness in your presence. He's quoting Psalm 16 there. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn to him on an oath that he would set one of his descendants on the throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Jesus, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses Being, therefore, exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend to the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. That's where he's he's quoting Psalm 110 there. Let all the house of Israel, therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this they were cut to the heart and Peter and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles brothers what shall we do and Peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off everyone whom the lord our god calls to himself and with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying save yourselves from this crooked generation So, those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now, that's a long passage, but but it's actually just a synopsis of what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. It says, with many other words, he exhorted them. And, And it's interesting. If you read the book of Acts, you find these long, extended sermons all over the place. It's a narrative, but there's a lot of space given to these sermons. Sermons preached by Paul, sermons preached by Peter, sermons preached by Stephen, they're actually central to the book of Acts. There are roughly 1,000 verses in the book of Acts, and roughly 365 of those verses in this story are simply quoting, are simply recording sermons that were preached. And what Luke is showing us is the centrality of proclaiming the gospel. He's showing us that God acts through his word. God saves through his word. God brings life through his word. If you read the book of Acts, you see this one phrase over and over again, and it's not the church continued to increase and multiply. It's the word of the Lord continued to increase and multiply. It's not primarily the people making it happen. It's the word of God and the spirit of God making it happen through the people. That's one of my core convictions in ministry. As we step into the future that God has for us, you're going to hear me say this over and over and over again. The spirit of God and the word of God empower the people of God for the mission of God. The spirit of God and the word of God empower the people of God for the mission of God. So the power doesn't come from us. The power comes from the Word and the Spirit working in us and working through us. And so today what I want to do is I want to look and see what happens when the Spirit of God preaches the Word of God through his people. See, in one sense, it's Peter preaching here. He's the one standing up. He's he's speaking these words. But in another sense, it's the Spirit preaching through Peter. And you actually get to the end of this passage, and, and you see how the Spirit then takes these words, and he makes them land in a way that only he can do. And that's what we need. We need God's spirit to preach God's word to us in power. You know, it's possible for me to stand up here and preach a sermon. It's possible for you to listen to a sermon. And we can both come away from that as if nothing has happened. But when the spirit of God takes the word of God and makes it land in our hearts, that changes everything. So, so what does it look like? What does it look like when the Spirit preaches the good news to the depths of our being? We're going to see three things in this passage today. We're going to see that the Spirit gives us a new mind, a new heart, and a new life. A new mind, a new heart, and a new life. See, see the good news of Jesus is not just words that we say. It is a power that changes everything. True Christianity is not just something we believe. It's something that changes us at the core of our being. So if you want to know what Christianity is about, not just what it's about as a religion, but what it's about as a lived experience, this is it. It's about a new mind and a new heart and a new life. First, the spirit gives us a new mind. Now, we don't have time to break down that entire sermon that Peter preached today, but but if you pay attention to what Peter is doing in the sermon, he's reasoning with the people. He's appealing to their brains. He's building a case from the Hebrew scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. He quotes the Psalms, as we talked about. He says, remember what David said back there in the Psalms. Remember Psalm 16. David said the Lord would deliver him from death, but look at like David's dead. You can visit his grave. David was talking about someone else. David was talking about one of his descendants who would come after him. See, he appeals to their minds through the scriptures. But he actually doesn't just appeal to the scriptures. He appeals to historical evidence. The gospel is not just a feel-good fairy tale or, or a myth about the triumph of good over evil. It's a proclamation of something that actually happened in history. Verse 22, he says, you yourselves know about these things Jesus did. Verse 32, he says this. He says, this Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. He says, we saw him with our eyes, and we're willing to to, to testify under oath about it. In fact, if, if you keep reading the history of the early church, you find that they were so convinced of it that they were willing to die for it. And they were not expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. And they had nothing to gain by lying about Jesus rising from the dead. In fact, most of them ended up losing their lives because they testified that Jesus had risen from the dead. But but they couldn't deny the truth that they had witnessed, they couldn't deny this reality that they had seen with their own eyes. The message of Jesus appeals to the mind. It, it makes claims about something that actually happened in history, something we need to investigate. Maybe you need to investigate that for yourself today. You need to see, do I, do I actually believe this? In fact, this, this word, repent, in verse 38, literally means to change your mind. It means a whole new way of thinking that gives us a whole new way of living. It means coming to terms with the reality that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and then coming to grips with how that changes everything. The gospel changes our minds, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. It's not just about a new mind. It's about a new heart, a new heart. Look at verse 36. Let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, in homiletics class, like when I was learning to preach, that's how they would tell us not to end a sermon. Like that is like how to win friends and influence people by Simon Peter. It's, it, it's not a seeker-sensitive way. It's not a feel-good way to end a sermon. But that's how Peter wraps up his sermon. He says, you killed the Messiah. You killed God's anointed king. Now, now it's interesting here. If you, if you think about the people who were there, Some of these people who were hearing this at Pentecost probably were not even in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified. Remember, this is 50 days later. And many of them have traveled from all over the world. Some of them might have been there, but many of them were not. But here's what's so amazing here's what they do not do they don't defend themselves, they don't justify themselves. They they don't pass the buck and say, it wasn't me. It was that guy over there. I've got an alibi. I was over in Caesarea that day. No, look how they respond, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? That's what the gospel does. That's, That's what the spirit does when he makes the gospel land on us. He cuts us to the heart. He cuts us so that he can heal us. And and you stop trying to justify yourself. And you stop making excuses for yourself. And you recognize that the same impulse that led those people 2,000 years ago to crucify Jesus is the same impulse that lives inside of you. It lives inside of me. Because, because in and of myself, I don't want God to be God. I want to be God. I don't want Jesus to be king. I want to be king. So if given the opportunity, I would have crucified him too. See, when the Spirit preaches the gospel to you, your sin becomes personal. It stops being an abstraction. It stops being a problem just for those people out there. It starts being something that you feel in here. You feel it at the core of your being. You're cut to the heart, and you stop playing religious games. You stop bargaining with God. You know, for many of us, we, if we're honest, we approach God like a business partner. We Negotiate with him, lay out the terms and conditions, define the relationship. Jesus, you, you can have this, Jesus. You can go this far, but don't cross that line. You, you can tell me what to do with my body, but, but, but don't tell me what to do with my money. You can be king over my Sundays, but, but Monday through Saturday belongs to me. But when the gospel lands on you, When God's spirit speaks to you, you're cut to the heart and the negotiations stop. And you simply say, what shall I do? Because friends, true faith is not a negotiation. True faith is a surrender. And Jesus is not a business partner. Jesus is Lord. They they were cut to the heart. Now, maybe you're feeling that today. Maybe in this moment, you're beginning to feel the weight of your sin. And and here's what I want to say to you. That's a good thing. That means that you're being honest with yourself. Maybe for some of us, for the first time in our lives, we're being honest. Jesus is freeing us to be honest with ourselves and to be honest with God. But the good news is that it doesn't just cut us to the heart. Jesus heals us. He gives us a new life new life. Look at at verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Now, I, I love that. I love how these two are held together. He says, you killed Jesus. You killed the rightful king of the universe. But the promise is for you. The gospel is for you. This hope is for you. You are a sinner. But Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He came to save broken sinners like you and me. See, Jesus didn't just rise from the dead. He came to raise us from the dead. To give us new life in him. That's why Peter says, repent and be baptized. Because as we saw just a few weeks ago, baptism is a sign of new life. We go down into the waters, symbolically dying with Christ. We rise up out of the waters, symbolically rising with Christ. He gives us a new identity. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to guilt. I'm no longer a slave to condemnation or shame or fear. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation in Christ. My sins are forgiven, and the Spirit of the living God lives inside of me. The breath of God is filling my lungs. And this changes everything. And here's what I want you to see today this offer is for everyone. It's for everyone. Look at verse 39 again. For the promise is for you and for your children. And for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Now, historically, contextually, Peter's speaking to to Jewish people here. And he's speaking to religious Jewish people. He's speaking to religious people at a religious feast. And he says to them, the promise is for you. But it's not only for you. It's for you who are near to these religious things, but it's also for those who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Maybe you've been a pretty religious person. Maybe you've spent most of your life in church, most of your life around the things of God. The the promise, Peter says, is for you. But maybe you've lived your life far off from God. Maybe you've never even set foot in a church before. The promise is, It's for you. Maybe you keep messing up. Maybe you keep falling for the same temptations over and over and over again, and you can't seem to get it right. The promise is for you. Maybe you've made a colossal mess of your life and your family and your relationships. The promise is for you. Maybe maybe you're cut to the heart right now, just like these people in this passage. And maybe for the first time, you're just coming to grips with the fact that all of your morality and all of your religiosity is a front for hostility toward God. It's an attempt to be your own God. For you, the promise is for you. Maybe you're hiding in the dark, and, and you can't stop thinking about that terrible thing you did or that awful thing you said. And it keeps you up at night. And you try to hide it from everyone, including yourself. The promise is for you. You don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to defend yourself or justify yourself or figure out how to do some sort of religious penance to make yourself right with God. The promise is for you. Jesus died in your place. He paid for your sins in full. He took your sin and your shame and your guilt on himself. He took it to the grave and he buried it there. And when he rose again, he left it there. And if you trust in him, it is gone. It is dead. It is buried. And you have a new life in him with the breath of God filling your lungs. The promise is for you. If you've never trusted in Jesus, if if you've never come to know what it is to have God so close to you that he is actually living inside of you, you don't have to wait for that. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to figure out how to turn over a new leaf, how to do some religious penance, how to somehow make yourself right with God and to make yourself a more moral or better person. No, the promise is for you come to him and then he'll change everything. Trust in him. Surrender to him. No matter how good or how bad or how ugly your past, the promise is for you. So I want us to go throughout this week. Maybe you've never experienced that before. Maybe you've never known what it is to have God's spirit living inside of you and to to take his promise of salvation. Or maybe you experienced that a long time ago, but 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 you honestly, you just walk through life as if, as if God's spirit isn't real, as if, as if the power and the presence of God isn't living in us, as if the breath of God isn't filling your lungs. And so let's remember today, the promise is for us. As we walk through this week, God's spirit, God's very power and presence is with us because Jesus has died and risen again and sent his spirit to live inside of us. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your promise. We thank you that your promise isn't just words. We thank you that it's a power. We thank you that it's grounded in reality. God, we thank you that that Jesus died and rose again, that he took our sin and our shame and our guilt and our condemnation to the cross and he took it to the grave and he buried it there and there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins and not only the forgiveness of sins, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You Send your very breath to fill our lungs, to give us life, Help us to find life by your spirit. Help us to walk under the control of your spirit. Lord, I pray that, that if there's anyone here, some of us in this room maybe, who have not, who've not received your gift, Lord, I pray that, that folks would do that today. I pray that we would stop playing religious games, that we would stop trying to be our own gods and that we would simply trust in you trust the death and the resurrection of Jesus to make us right with God and to fill us with the very life of God. Pray that that your spirit would move us to worship now, not just just with our lips, but but with our entire lives this week, that you would get the praise and the glory that you deserve through us. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. Um, Third, I think, is our key verse this week. like I said, it's the word of God that brings the change in our lives. And so we want to take his word and we want to chew on his word throughout the week. And so take this, this is like in a nutshell, this is how the apostles call us to respond to the good news of Jesus. And so take this and chew on it this week and listen to what the Lord is calling you to do. Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift gift of the Holy Spirit. And so for maybe for you, it's there's something I need to repent of. There's some change that God is bringing in my life. Maybe for you, it's you need to be baptized. You need to go public with your faith. It could be any number of things, but, but take some time this week to chew on that and to see what, what's God calling, what's, what's the word of God calling me to do, and how is he calling me to respond? Okay, we'll send you out with our benediction. Let's stand and receive this benediction. This is actually a promise from the book of Ezekiel looking forward to the coming of the Holy Spirit. But it's also for those of us who have the Holy Spirit living in us. It's a reminder of what the Spirit does in our lives. So let's receive this from Ezekiel 36. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Go this week with that new heart that the spirit has given you. Go in the power of the spirit to live the very life of God pulsing through your veins this week. Have a great week.